Let's go, girls. Come on. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. Gonna let it all hang All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Cavri-Levine. And I'm Jess King. And we're back, baby. Um, From our hiatus. We were on a little hiatus, just being 22 and figuring out life a little bit. That sounds a lot more dramatic than it is. It wasn't. Um, But nonetheless, don't worry, because we are back. after a little bit of a break and we're refreshed, we're recharged. And I think we're, we're ready. a little better too. I think we, I think I'm just gonna, I don't want to speak for you, but I think mentally we are like very much so better. Definitely. It's you know like I mean? the flurries of 2021 are over and we're well into a new year. Things are going we're well. Well into a new year. We're, we're doing good. We're feeling well. And I think take this as a little life lesson. Sometimes you just gotta like, I don't want to say unplug and like sit here and pretend like I wasn't just scrolling on TikTok constantly for the past four weeks because I absolutely <laughs> was. However, unplugging from things that like bring you stress and then things that you like, but that also bring you stress and then kind of like regrouping a little bit. And by regrouping, I don't even mean doing anything. I literally just mean like taking some time to just like not have to do those things and then kind of falling back in love with them again, which I think we're doing right now exactly everything's good we're back we're women in sports now officially we're gonna do it i know and and we're doing awesome so on that note today unfortunately is the last day of women's history month but on that note we're gonna give you a very special episode about women and let's just do it because i'm excited let's do it we have so many things to talk about because you guys haven't heard us talk in a, in a lot of weeks and so. it was like near stressful trying to be like okay where how do we where do we when okay okay sure <laughs> how do we get back into this um right. because there's stuff happening all the time and frankly and you know what this is i'm gonna speak for me and like i think a little part of like the break that we took I needed and that I was like not at a point but it it gets really really exciting and I'm not going to stop doing it it gets really it, it becomes very difficult to hop on here every week and just be like okay people were being awful to women again like it, it it's I we, we're gonna keep fighting the good fight and like standing up for what we need to stand up for but I think when it's, it felt like we would always talk about something like people are being horrible to women in sports right. or just women in general. And we do that and we'd be like, oh, that was kind of hard, but I'm glad we did it. And then like Monday would roll around the next week and we'd be like, okay, something else happened. And it was, it was a kind of thing where it's like, we're obviously going to talk about that stuff because that's stuff we care about. And that's really important. And that's kind of like what we're here for. But at the same time, it was like, it gets exhausting because we're talking about these stories, but they're also kind of personal stories and the way they affect us. So it gets a little bit like, oh, okay, this is, this is getting like a little hard to do every, every single week. So we're re- we regrouped and we're back. Yeah. And obviously if you guys can hear, my dog is super excited to hear us talk about <laughs> Women's History Month. Sandy so- loves 
the WNBA. She's, she's for the women. And um, speaking of women's basketball, as you just mentioned, perfect segue into our first topic of interest. Um, the NCAA Women's um, Basketball Tournament has been on a lot of people's mind. The last big game was UConn-Baylor. We just saw Baylor get defeated and UConn advancing on, as I kind of expected. But before we get into celebrating them and like Lily mentioned, you know, we kind of went on complaining about a lot of things that were going on towards women in sports. I feel like today's show is going to be on a lighter note because yes, we are totally going to call everyone out on their BS, <laughs> but also we have a lot of other things to celebrate because on Twitter the other night when the game was going on, I saw a lot of love and um, promotion of the game that was going on, which was something that was really nice, but it came with the fact that the NCAA women's basketball um, amenities and swag bags and things like that were spread around social media and it showed the huge discrepancy between the men and the women's tournaments. Yeah, uh, huge discrepancy, I think is a very polite way to put it. Um, Because (laughs) I think at this point, most people, if not everyone who cares about stuff like this has seen the videos and the images of how basically the weight rooms were a complete joke. It was a set of like weights, like a rack of weights that like you would have like Just hand weights, hand of, weights. That's like, what they're called. And it was they're hand weights. Like pounds. they weren't, I literally, ha- I have one um, on my floor over there that I use sometimes if I'm on the phone, I, I, this is like a weird brag, but like sometimes if I'm on the phone, I like lift the weight because because I'm not a big weightlifter and it's there. So I feel like I get a little workout in while I'm just like pacing around. Um, but it was like a rack of hand weights and it was like two, there were two hand weights each. It was, you could buy that at Dick Sporting Goods for probably under 200 bucks. It was a very, like, it was a very home level set of weights like that. Like it was something that like anybody that's into working out probably has in their house. Um, and a few yoga mats and the NCAA gave excuses. Like there wasn't enough space. Um, which then it came to light that the picture of the weights and the yoga mats was actually in this giant room. Um, it was kind of like a conference room, ballroom kind of thing. So there was totally space. Um, a few companies, I believe Dick Sporty Goods and Orange Theory Fitness said that they were like, they were like, this is unacceptable and we're going to do our part in like helping out the women's tournament and helping out the women at the tournament and setting up a weight room for them, which was awesome. And it's really, really awesome to see those huge companies that are super popular, um, speaking out and physically supporting, um, the women's tournament. And I hope we keep that energy up, but I'm also like, why is it orange theory fitness's responsibility to get workout equipment for the women? Why, what is that? What does that make sense? Cause it doesn't. Um, so they're eventually they were able to set up a new gym for the women, um, because it was, there was outrage over it as there should be. And they obviously came to town with every excuse and every boy who cried wolf um, example in the book with revenue and lack of communication and an oversight and whatever they wanted to throw at us, which all felt pretty invalid um, and pretty much like lame excuses. Um, There's also been issues with the type of COVID-19 testing that's being done at the women's tournament, which is then as being done at the men's tournament. And the weight room and the swag bag stuff is all unacceptable, but bringing people's health into it and their actual physical safety is just a whole other level of just, I mean, part of my language, but fucked up 
that you're going to provide them with uh, less reliable testing for COVID-19 while they're also playing a basketball tournament that has allowed fans in it. Have they allowed fans? Am I right in that? Yes. I've, yeah, a they've allowed fans. Um, that just is like a, a completely different level of like disgust at like you can't even I'm, we're talking like absolute bare minimum we're talking like basic health and safety here and you can't even hit equity on that um yeah so and it's actually that, really funny lily that you brought up revenue mm-hmm. because we are here not talking about the nba or the wmba yet we are talking about the ncaa um, here we go that prides itself on amateurism so i don't see where the fact of revenue comes into play when it's the same high level executives in the ncaa who are saying oh we shouldn't pay our players oh but we can't provide the women the right the baseline amount of resources that they need to fairly compete in this competition between themselves because we don't have enough money um which just feels like the lamest excuse in the book i'm like you guys you guys don't have, there's like that John Mulaney thing from his stand-up special when he talks about paying for college and then your college asks you for a donation. It's like, I gave you $120,000 and you spent it already? <laughs> like, I'm like, you ran out of money, NCAA? What? I beg to differ. So that's just, for me, one of the things that's like, oh, that mm. is so funny the way you are just talking in circles. And frankly, the fact that the whole thing started with a social media post by one of the women's athletes that was at the tournament is just insane that nobody within the NCAA's company walked in and said, I don't really know if this is going to go over well, guys. Like, really don't It was know. like, I, it's, think- I mean, that the same energy as that Burger King ad from International Women's Day they made that ad like that said women belong in the kitchen and they were trying to do a thing that was like women there's an like there are inequities in the culinary field via gender and but the messaging of that was just horrible and awful and it's like the whole thing is your PR staff more yeah a lot of people on Twitter and I think we were like all thinking it was like this ran by your entire marketing and PR team and not one person was like, hey guys, I don't know if this is such a good idea. Like, it's the same thing. It's like not one person was like, hey guys, maybe we should like rethink this a little bit. Um, Well, and so I also, people in this talked about Title IX a lot, which is important. We should always be talking about Title IX. It does a lot of very important things, not just for athletes, but for gender equity um, across all aspects of kind of college campuses. Um, Here's the thing. The NCAA is not a public institution and ergo is not subject to Title IX. Um, If school, I I don't want to, don't quote me on this because I'm not 100% sure this is accurate, but I was seeing that if a school itself, like its own entity had had this kind of gender inequity, whether it be in like locker rooms or like a men's locker uh, weight room and a women's weight room, uh, they would have to, re- they would, ha- that would be an infraction with the NCAA, but yes. the NCAA can make those, can make those mistakes and they don't report to anybody. So, and I'm not saying the schools should be held accountable for that too, but how come the body that is supposed to hold the schools accountable for title nine, uh, doesn't have, doesn't think, doesn't even like think to try like there, it oh. seemed like there was very little effort here. It's, it's very weird. When we, when I was prepping for the show today, I kept reading all of these things over 
And, you know, I was looking at the article, this article from ESPN in response to what, what happened. And I just was like, is this guy talking in circles or am I reading in circles? Because either way, none of this is making any sense. It is not two plus two equals four. It is some weird thing that well, they're doing. Well, it's a PR nightmare because now they're trying to talk their way out of it. Right. And, you know, I've taken a PR class. If you've taken PR 101 or intro to public relations, um, you could probably figure this. You could maybe do just as well as they're doing right now, which when I say just as well is not that great. Um, bar so the bar is on the floor. Um, but that something like this then opens up this entire door of conversation on the internet, which we sure I'm sure everybody listening to this knows that what I'm about to say doesn't end well, not end well, but it's any conversation on the internet is just going to get fucking annoying. Um, but this opens up conversations of there are awesome people that are obviously explaining. And that's, that's something I will say I love about Twitter and like whatever. Yeah. Mostly Twitter is that you get a lot of perspectives on things. I see a lot of, especially on like pot, like, um, policy and stuff like that. You get a lot of, you get athlete perspectives. And if you're following like the, what the conversation you get athlete perspectives and then you'll get like a lawyer that chimes in with like her two cents or his two cents on, Hey, from a legal standpoint, this is how something like this typically works out. And so I do think that like, that is a benefit to Twitter and whatever, because I feel like I get a lot of sides of it rather than just reading an article. And it's like, okay, this is how the athletes felt, which is super important, but it's cool to be able to see, okay, this is the perspective from someone on the business end of things. This is the perspective of the athletes. This is the perspective of a lawyer who, who works on cases like this. Um, and so, but it does open this whole door of talking about women's sports and talking about why there aren't equities in women's sports um, versus men's sports. Um, and that is always a thrillingly fun conversation to have with people on the internet. Um, because as we know, people on the internet love reason and logic and are open to listening to things like that. I'm obviously being disgustingly sarcastic with that because people want everyone who probably doesn't even know a lot about the inner workings of something like college athletics or women's sports or how the business of sports works. It's just very quick to jump in and say, oh, well, they don't make as much money, so they don't get as many things. Um, okay. So let's unpack that a little bit. Basically what happened at the NCAA women's tournament, and it was eventually rectified for lack of a better term, they were provided a gym. Um, this is such an example of exactly what happens in the business of women's sports versus actual women's sports. So people do not put the money into women's sports that it deserves. And then they go and cry, oh, but there's no revenue. When in reality, on Monday night, the women's tournament doubled the men's tournament in terms of social media engagement. But people love to play the proportionate revenue card. Well, if you don't make as much money, you don't get as much money. Um, however, the reason that women aren't given the resources to bring in the same revenue has absolutely nothing to do with the skill level or the entertainment level or the level of athleticism that they have. What it is, is an unwillingness to truly market them and give them those resources. They're not given good TV slots. They're given second, second tier resources. Even if they get their games on TV, they're not in the primetime spots. They're faced with this whole other set of issues that I wouldn't be surprised to guess that a lot of male athletes don't even have to think about. Now, if women's sports were marketed properly and fairly, I honestly don't think it would be a long time before you see a huge spike in revenue for them. So I guess like 
the whole thing is that there are tons of women athletes and women in sports media and marketing and business and law that are working really hard to get those resources and to give them the credit they deserve. But really when people pull the revenue card, they don't, they just, they just see the $1 sign when really what it is, is that they're not put in a position to be making the maximum amount of money they can. So if you want to, I encourage you that if you're someone that's going to say, well, they don't make as much money, so they shouldn't bring in money. I'd like to first say that college athletes don't make any money at all. So they should be marketed and given resources equally. Um, but on the professional level, ask yourself why they're not given the resources to make that revenue. It's because they're not provided them. And that's frankly like what it is, is that it's not that they're not making the revenue because they're not as fun to watch. That's it's quite the opposite. They're not given the revenue or they're not getting the revenue because they're not given the resources to do so. So that's where it's like the same. Uh, we talk about this a lot with different issues. It's you have to ask yourself why things happen, not just talk about the fact that they do happen. And this is one of right. them of you need to market them properly. And if you do that, I, again, I don't think if you give them the resources they need, I don't think it'll be a long time before you see a huge spike in viewership, a huge spike in revenue. And then, then guess what? Then you guys don't have that silly little stupid revenue argument. Because I yeah, hate because it. It's stupid. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me. Um, so speaking of the cause and effects, um, hopefully we can be the cause as to why you watch women's basketball in the NCAA coming up. So we have elite eight games going on. We have Louisville ranked number two against Louisville Stanford beat number Maris. one. That was a very fun game to watch for the first fifteen minutes of it. I was having oh. a genuinely really good time. I went Jess, super electric on Twitter for 15 minutes and then Jess, the app. <laughs> okay, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> that was like maybe one of your worst takes of all time. Um, yeah. I literally deleted Jess the app. Was, Jess said time. the Marist women's basketball team is going to the final four. I think the Marist women's basketball team is awesome and they've worked really hard and come a long way. I did not think that they were going to beat Louisville and then three other teams after that. I think I was kidnapped that night. Um, and then we have Texas going against, um, South Carolina, and that is for the elite eight, the rest of them coming up. And then we are going into the quarterfinals. So a lot of people like to think that they kind of go hand in hand with the men, but they are well on their way to becoming like a, the championship game coming up soon, which I believe is scheduled to be on the April 2nd or 3rd. So keep a lookout for that guys. I think we have when next Wednesday, we have a March Madness recap episode coming out. So, you know, it does go hand in hand, the women's championship final, the men's championship final, and the March Madness episode of Thrown Down with Justin Lee. Of course, because it's like, it's all together now, all together all now. Together the NCAA doesn't get it. Um, so yeah, watch women's college basketball. Watch women's college basketball, you cowards. And then Watch the WNBA draft because it's going to be freaking awesome. It's going to be electric. Um, Everybody wants to talk about how great this talent is. And I have a fear that people, once the tournament's over, they just kind of forget about them. And we have so much talent coming out. I know. And it's going to be really, they're going to, the players that are in, that are playing college basketball right now are going to be stellar in the WNBA. I'm really excited about it. Um, but, and I would love to just sit here and talk about how awesome that Baylor UConn game was last night, um, or just all of the amazing athletes that we've seen so far in the women's tournament and in the men's tournament. However, we're talking big picture today. So let's talk about another, um, <sighs> hmm, thing, another, another like, thing. really, 
you didn't think about this one you, that's, just a that's little a, bit this episode is called the really you didn't think about that um so to kind of preface for everyone that doesn't know what we're talking about right now which you wouldn't um the NBA star Draymond Green took to Twitter um, like three nights ago, March 27th. You can find it all documented there on his Twitter log. Um, first, he started out this thread that he doesn't really seem like he knows how to use Twitter anyway, because it wasn't. That was honestly, it took it me a really, I have to say that in this whole tweet thing that had tweet thing, Twitter thing that happened. Um, it took me a little bit to figure out what was going on because and follow it properly because he didn't, he didn't do a thread. He just did a bunch of individual tweets. So I was like, I saw one of them, but it was out. It wasn't the first or the last one. So I was like, like, Um, what is going on here? So he starts with tagging a, like a bunch of big name, um, women, basketball women um he has Candace Parker he has Brittany Griner he has Sue Bird uh Skylar Diggs Dana Tarazi um so he tags them in this one tweet and he says to all my lady hoopers out there I want to share first of all I hate the word lady right like to all my hoopers out there wait can I just jump in for one second and I want to explain this this is something that I learned a few years ago and I think it's very important and I honestly don't think a lot of people have been told this or have been shared or this perspective have been shared with them, but it was very enlightening to me when, or it was very educating to me when someone told to me, um, the proper term to use when referring to women is women. So ladies is just, I don't even know what it is, but just, it's not, it's a little, like I consider it kind of condescending. I don't know if other people do, but to me, that's how it feels. Um, and then when people say females, that is also when you refer to women as females, you're referring to them just as their biological female and male are the biological classifications. So um, I've heard criticisms of the, the word female and being like, you're reducing women just to their biological properties, properties. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, so that's why the proper word to refer to women is women. Um, and people have said like, it sounds a little awkward sometimes. Um, and I'm, because we're used to saying female athletes and not women athletes. However, and I'm not going to deny that, like, it took me a little bit to be like, okay, yeah, I'm used to saying it one way, but this is actually the proper way to say it. Um, but I encourage you to, if you're someone that refers to women athletes a lot, just start doing it and getting used to it because I think little things like that, uh, they're important. They add up. So that's just, I just wanted to share that thing that I learned and hopefully you'll learn something too. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate the people. Um, so, so first of all, minus one star for starting off with ladies. Like you already are one, three words in and you lost me. Um, so then he goes on a series of tweets. I'm not going to read all of them, but basically He's so long and out of order. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of talk about the pay gap between women and men, especially in sports. It's not even close, but let's stop allowing y'all. I think he means when he says y'all in these tweets, I think he means us women or his lady Hooper friends. Um, It's not even close, but let's stop allowing y'all complaints to fall on deaf ears due to numbers. As long as y'all make the same argument about pay while the revenue stays the same, um, they will continue to point at the revenue not being high enough to cover bigger salaries. Um, what about these businesses that you guys claim are behind you but don't take any money out of their pockets? Um, he says that he's been asked 
to do many PSAs this month on women's empowerment, I said, no, it's hypocritical because these same companies that are telling women empowerment that are like telling women empowerment are not putting their money where their mouth is call on these companies to support you guys to infuse capital into the business. Stop allowing them to yell women empowerment just for the look. No company grows without funding. Um, and you know, and it's like, that's how the, the game took off. Who's building your platform. He's, he's basically taking his platform on Twitter with his, um, let me get this number exactly right. 1.4 million followers on Twitter to use his platform to not only call women out, but directly tag women that I, as somebody who, as a woman in sports, admires these women yeah. athletes. And, and I think for good reason, because they are all doing a ton of work to get there. And it's it's very weird that he's <clears throat> he's using his platform to say things like this, because I never played anywhere close to professional athletics. I didn't even play in college, but still as a woman, Narp. <laughs> I'm annoyed by that. Like you're talking about how they need to do better, but you're not even going to take a second in this 19 tweet thread that you call it and ever say, oh, hey, but look at what Sue Bird is doing. Hey, look at Candace Parker holding her own um, on TV. You know, he's kind of ignoring all the things that they already do yeah. and allowing other people out of his 1.4 million followers, I would say rough guess about 50% of them are like weird Twitter guys and that kind of hate on women's sports. So it's like, you're allowing this type of criticism to go on. You know, you need to set the standard. You are an NBA household name for God's sake. Like, do not use your platform to make a point that comes across so poorly. Yeah, I think <clears throat> upon further reflection, as you were reading the tweet, I feel like I just should have known he was going to be condescending when he started off with ladies. Okay, my guy. Uh, let's run run it back. Let's let's step back. But in that uh, actual first tweet, in that or first, however it was, it one of the tweets, um, he he kind of contradicted himself in the point that I made about the um, NCAA tournaments is that he says, what does he say? He says, you're allowing your work to like fall on deaf ears. Why yes. it's not the women who's doing the work's responsibility to get people to listen. People need to start listening. It's not their responsibility to say, hey, you need to listen to us because we have a really good point and a really good idea here. It is people who work in sports, who are self-proclaimed women's allies to listen. It is not women's who are doing the work responsibility to get them to listen. That's the whole issue. It's that people aren't listening. Um, and I... I was, this was brought, I found out about this through the quote tweets of um, a few women athletes that I really like. Um, and I think I obviously I have, I'm with you, Jess. I have a lot of thoughts on it. And I just am kind of like, I think he was trying to, to say that he wants more. Um, he wants the women to get paid more, but that like, basically it sounded like he was saying they're doing it wrong, which I don't think is his place to say to these women that have been well, that's quite kind of literally, exactly quite literally going to the White House to because talk about pay inequality. This is what he goes wrong. back to say in one of his tweets was like the NBA wasn't always the global game that it is today. But no, this is but what they we were, did. And it's like they were given the resources to do so. 
Right, like they were given the money and the time and the the space to play to do so. After we just saw a really nice commercial that came out with Steph Curry um, and Sue Bird, and I'm not sure if everybody knows what I'm talking about, but basically it was these two people, these two superstar athletes trying to buy a car, and the car dealer goes, "Oh, it's a pleasure to work with such like like um a four time winning um champion," and he said, or I think it was a a six time and Steph Curry has one less than Sue Bird. He said, oh, uh, I'm working on it. And then he, he's like, oh, I don't mean you. I'm talking about Sue Bird. Like, what are you nuts? And it's just like, mm-hmm. that was and nice see because the commercial. women were the standard in that commercial. Mm-hmm. And then you have some guy who's in the NBA teammates with the same man that showed in this commercial for having women as the standard come on to Twitter and then say, hey, I get what you're trying to do, but one, you're doing it wrong. Two, follow my lead and the NBA's lead. And three, the same people that he's calling out for like saying they're with women, but aren't actually with women. um, He's doing that, you know, because here you are then saying in your last tweet, um, (laughs) but um, page number one, uh, 2020 draft pick, you know, it's like, don't try to relate you know, because you can't. And well, yeah. And I think I, I, I do want to say like, I'm obviously like the way he got this message out was very missed the mark a ton. And it was just, yeah. it came off, it ended up being very like kind of offensive. Um, he was, I think trying to make a point that women do deserve equal pay. He just did it in a way that was kind of telling the women that he was mansplaining how women should achieve equal pay um and so it just kind of came off like really not what I think he was maybe thinking it would but um so I so yeah there were a few quote tweets from um some other women athletes that I thought really hit the nose on the head and so Megan Rapino, uh, U.S. Women's National Team legend, quote, quoted the tweet with, um, well, this was the, the thread that she responded to was, they can easily tell y'all stories, but they don't have to because the requests that are being made are falling on deaf ears because y'all keep saying, pay me more with no way to drive the revenue. Force hands, page number one, pick 2020. She said, respectfully, do you think we haven't been out here asking for more investment, more resources, more storytelling, more branding and marketing dollars, more youth investment, more investment in coaches, more TV time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to infinity? And then she replied, also, when when they call you about doing a PSA for Women's Month, why don't you also tell them all the things we've been telling them since forever? And you know who largely are the gatekeepers of that money? investment resources capital time and sponsorship dollars are men do you know who men listen to other men just like with fights around all other social issues change cannot be made if the only people who care about the change enough are the ones who are suffering from it the most she absolutely that's why i didn't want to say it because she said it in a way that i could not even come close to is that that's the whole point if he's preaching this women's equality thing and he's saying that he's in support of it he needs to do the work too because it's unfortunate, but men are going to listen to other men. And so if he cares about the equal pay as much as he's saying he is, he needs to be the one, he, he needs to also be speaking up for the women that have been doing all this work. Um, uh, Maria Taylor also had 
um, a quote tweet to it, to the original tweet. She said, and I think she also really hit the nail right on the head. Let's be careful not to place the responsibility to fix the problem of the patriarchal society's apathetic view of women in sports on women, just like we shouldn't be, shouldn't charge people of color with fixing the issues with issues associated with racism, but certainly appreciate you watching and searching for solutions. I think she did a great job. Appreciate that you're thinking about it, but it is not the responsibility of the people who are being given fewer resources to um, be charged with fixing them. Um, and I think Maria Taylor also does a great job at bringing up the same way that you shouldn't charge uh, people of color with fixing issues that are associated with racism. And I think that we just, I also want to make the point that like in this episode of we're talking about women, we're talking about women in basketball mostly, um, or basketball in general, um, and women's issues and equal pay and stuff. Like a huge part of being this ally for women is that and being a feminist is that it has to be intersectional. If you're fighting for women's rights, you have to be fighting for the rights of trans women, women of color, black women, Asian women, all women, people that identify as women is not simply enough. And I think oftentimes with a lot of people, not everybody, but sometimes in these conversations about women in sports, even by women in sports, those people get overlooked when really uh, Latino women, black women, trans women, they all need to be spoken up for too. We need to be fighting. White women need to be speaking up for those women also, not just for themselves. And I think that that's a really important thing that I think someone like uh, Megan Rapinoe she does talk about that a lot. So I do appreciate that because Maria Taylor hit it on the head. It's, it's a very similar thing. If you can't, it's not, it's not the responsibility of people of color to fix issues associated with racism. It's white people's responsibility to fix issues associated with racism. And, and on a lighter note of this whole point, something that I found that was very um, funny. I know I did. I got very serious there for but, a moment. As I should, it is a serious no, 100%, thing. A hundred percent. But Draymond Green, <laughs> Then tweets after his um, whole Shazam, he says, "Oh, I know what you're going to read." Saying, making a thread. I don't tweet much. Dot dot dot. What does that mean? Question mark. I need a tutorial at Jack, which is the Twitter handle of. Um, also, hun, you need a tutorial on like women's issues. Like I just let's I let's wait. On a lot of things let's much. wait before we move on to Twitter. All right. Tutorial. How to not get a tech from every single every other game, my friend. Um, whatever. Um. So, you mentioned some really important names, Lily. So I mm-hmm. have to ask you, as we're winding this show down, um, for our Women's History Month episode, who are your top three? Um most empowering women to you and maybe specifically speaking of things that they did this past month in 2021. Yes. Okay. I love this. And I obviously have a list ready. Um, number one is Candace Parker. I don't know if these, I can't remember if these things were this month, but first of all, I mean, I could go on and on about Candace Parker just being fantastic in the many ways. The one thing that I have really enjoyed in recent history is her just telling Shaq to shove it. Um, (laughs) And I just have like such like a, like my favorite thing to binge is like clips of women just shutting down people trying to like mansplain something and Candace Parker doing it is so like chef's kiss and she is so good at it. And Candace Parker just knows what the fuck she is talking about. Um, and I also just think she's really cool and awesome overall. So for that reason, Candace Parker, do you want to share one of yours before I go to my second one? Oh, I definitely, definitely will. Um, so one of my favorites, um, Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report. Um, she is great and wonderful. And I picked her right away because she actually had something great 
that she posted on Instagram the other day. And she's always posting things that were very um, inspirational. I feel like she's a woman who wants to educate other women, not only boost them up and speak out for rights like that, but um, to also empower them. So she tweeted about a book called Invisible Woman. And um, that is mainly about how male has always been the default. I remember- Oh, I was thinking about this when you were talking. Because someone said something that was like that. So she tells this story about how somebody in Seattle said um, Seattle needs a basketball team and Seattle has one and the Stormer champions, he didn't even realize what he did because society. Um, And she kind of just went on all these things. I ended up putting it on my Instagram story just because I thought it was great, but she's always doing things like that. She's an avid reader. She's a great reporter. So she kind of spreads her knowledge. I mean, yes, to women, but also to anyone that is following and paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. She's great. I love it. Love Taylor Rooks. All right. My second one, feel like you could have put money on this, uh, is Megan Rapinoe. Uh, but I specifically wanted to highlight Megan Rapinoe in the work that she does. Um, a little bit of outside of sports, Megan Rapinoe is very involved in social justice issues um, and stuff like that, which I think is phenomenal. Like, I think that that is really important work. And I love seeing really influential people speaking out about it um, and doing work um, to combat it, um, to combat these issues. And I've, I've just always really um, been inspired by how Megan Rapinoe uses her platform. And I, it's a super cliche thing. And I hate saying like someone that uses their platform for good, but she uses her platform for issues that are issues that we all need to be talking about. And she does it. Um, and I think she does the thing where, like I was just saying, as white women who are feminists, we need to be lifting up black women and Asian women and trans women and the list goes on and Megan Rapinoe does that. And I love seeing her do it very actively. And I think it's awesome the way that she stands up for these issues that are completely outside of sports, but that are true, true, true social justice issues in this world, in the world, like prison reform and things like that. Um, so her for the, all of the outside of sports reasons and also her sports reasons are awesome too. Yes. So, um, to perfectly complement that, I feel like I am going to say my other oh I like how this worked out right how funny um Sue Bird is gonna be my go-to um I don't know if anybody has ever heard of her company that she started with other female Olympians like Alex Morgan Chloe Kim and I'm calling um, you out on saying female but you're doing a good job at working on it women athletes um women olympians i should say because they're more than athletes they're olympians um and they kind of started this lifestyle culture and sports um media company but also like they just they promote women's sports across the board and it's great they started it about a year ago um obviously we've most recently seen her in her commercial that i previously mentioned with steph curry she's always doing things speaking out she was also involved with one of the tweet strands back to draymond green that we just talked about so we're kind of full circle now guys um her company together also was in response because he talked about all these companies and her company does exactly what he was calling them out for. Um, So they kind of just recently tweeted at him and said, join us in what we've been doing. Um, He really did ask where your mouth is. He did ask really like wrote the book report without reading the book. Oh yeah. It was like, he really, like he really did not read the book. Tough. Um, So who's your last one, Liv? Okay, my last one is Lachina Robinson and specifically highlighting her, the thing about in Women's History Month that I have love that she does and she does it always, but huge, huge, huge 
um, women's basketball commentator, broadcaster. Um, she does a lot of WNBA and she's been doing a lot of NCAA women's tournament. And I just love, I think I just very simply like love the input that she gives. I love her voice and I just love how consistently she is just so all in on women's basketball. And I, I just think it's awesome. And she does it and makes it so I mean, the women, women's basketball makes it fun to watch, but her commentary is like the fun commentary that you get from a lot of like NBA games. And I love seeing that for women's basketball as well. And I think she's awesome and phenomenal. And she is also the one that tweeted the thing that I saw about how the women's tournament doubled the men's in social media engagement um, on Monday night. Um, so not only is she tweeting just like awesome things about the tournament, but she is also really hitting us with the facts, which I appreciate as someone that likes to learn more. So that and was my, those were my, my three inspiring women of women's history month. My last goes along with a bunch of other women that I think are employed by ESPN, um, because I think they have really great talent, but Maria Taylor, most importantly, um, I had the pleasure of hearing her talk my last semester of college and it was so great. I felt like I was starstruck in a zoom call. Um, but the way she covers a variety of different sports is great. And she has such poise and class when she talks um, in such like heavily male dominated uh, sports like college football to say um, and going to college game day, college game day and being around the vibe um, and still her style also is like impeccable. <laughs> Wait, I, I actually her- think we have talked about a Maria Taylor jacket more than once on this podcast. I love her clothes. I watch her on TV and then I go online to try to copy her exact outfit. No joke. Yeah, she is really stylish. Cool. <laughs> I mean, she dude, also just, she does the she has same. a great attitude and brain. Her She's and- so smart, but her outfits are great. I mean, all the women that we mentioned do this, but I feel like I see it. I see it very prevalent from Maria Taylor and Candace Parker, just like absolutely taking no prisoners. Yeah. Like it is like, they just, they are not shy to just shut people down when they are being out of line. It's great. Out of line, but stupid. All um, six of those intelligent women, um, uh, throwing down a round of applause for them this month and always. Yeah. And thank you for making things more bearable for us. Yeah. That was a really lame clap. I'm sorry. I was reading something. Um, okay. Do you have a tweet of the week? Oh my gosh, I didn't come prepared, but you know, I spent all morning on Twitter, Lily. So. I know, me too. Um, I, I could definitely find one. Okay. So mine, I have a, I had a lot of very honorable mentions, but this was, I, I feel like the one that I had to go with. So there was that kind of meme format going around that was like RIP so-and-so you would have loved so-and-so. And a lot of them were very funny. This one was... RIP Pavlov, you would have loved notifications. And that just made me laugh because I'm a huge, like my phone is constantly like buzzing and like just people are like, what what, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, I just have a lot of weird notifications. Not weird. Like I just, I have notifications on for like nearly everything. So my phone's like freaking out. Someone's like, they're like, someone's calling you. And I'm like, no, there were just like a thousand like goals scored in the NHL. And so my phone's buzzing about all of them. Please, your phone's the only one the, that hits me up. <laughs> well, cause I get all the push notifications. So it's like goal, goal, goal. And someone's like, someone's calling you. And I'm like, no, people don't call me. I just get push notifications from hockey teams. <laughs> Um, 
So on the theme with our women empowerment, um, so this tweet like three days ago, thought it was hilarious. Um, you couldn't tell me nothing when Pretty Girl Rock first came out. Oh, I did see <laughs> like, that. I, I that. did see that. That was a good one. Um, oh, Sweet oh, I thought I saw one. Oh yeah, but that was my one. And now that we're was good. officially back because we have both given tweets of the week. We're back. And we did it. We're back. This was a really fun way to get back in the game. No pun intended. That wasn't really even a pun. Um, anyways, this has been a comeback episode of Thrown Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. And I'm Jess King. This has been awesome. Tune in next week. We're talking March Madness. And um, remember, guys, it's never just sports. We will Man. see you next time. Like a woman. Hey!